sake, let's take a minute and give it up for podcasts. Am I right? Um, no, but seriously, if you haven't heard about Anchor, it's literally the easiest way to make podcasts, so let me explain. One, it's free. Two, it literally gives you all the tools you need in order to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer, which is amazing. Um, also, the best part, in my opinion, is that it'll distribute your podcast for you, so you can hear it on like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, literally anywhere you listen to podcasts. Pretty amazing, and you literally have to do nothing. The other thing is you can make money from your podcast. There's no like minimum listenership required. So that's kind of cool. Um, but yeah, seriously, if you're like into podcasts and thinking about making one, I would check it out because it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Um, so yeah, go ahead, download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. What are you waiting for? Hello and welcome. I'm Victoria. And I'm Serena. And together, we're Femme Noir. This podcast is all about women, specifically in film. We're going to review and analyze movies that are written by, directed by, or starring women. And we can't wait for you to join us. Tune in wherever you listen to podcasts. So... In this episode of Femme Noir Podcast, we are going to be talking about the movie uh, Saving Face, directed by Alice Wu. The film follows a Chinese-American lesbian and her traditionalist mother, um, who are both reluctant to go public with secret loves that clash against cultural expectations. Um, I heard about this movie first. Oh, to give everyone the rundown of what we do every episode, we're going to start off with first impressions, how we heard about the movie, um, impressions based on the trailers that we've seen, um, then we're going to go more critically into the movie, the plot, things that worked well and things that didn't, um, then we're going to look at uh, nine production positions and see where and how women are included in those, um, then we'll do our FMF, which might be hard with this movie because there's a lot of girls, because um, we typically <laughs> like to do it with guys. Um, our fuck Mary friend There's friendzone. a reason for why we do it with guys, though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah have, we, have we explained that it's like a joke? Yeah, we have. Yeah. We're turning the tables. Tables um, are being turned. Flipped. And then we'll rate the movie. Oh, what? They're turned what? tables are being turned. Actually, flipped. <laughs> flipped the tables over here. Oh, okay. I get it. <laughs> yes, that is the point of that section. Um, then we're going to rate the movie and then give you recommendations based on directors other works and if you like this movie things that you might also enjoy um so my first impressions or not first impressions but how i heard about the movie was um the movie the half of it came out on netflix a year ago i think during 2020 the first quarantine that was like was it 2020 was... Or was it 2019 it's 2020 i remember that was everyone's like 2019 i can't even like those those years were all the same I remember it was 2020 because Kiana was texting me really hard about it, and I didn't know Kiana in 2019, so it had to have been oh, 2020. Yeah. <laughs> it was like May, I think. I forget um, that I've known you longer. Than yeah. <laughs> I know, yeah, than any of your friends. I've known you for like years now. It's been like That's 20. Crazy. Yeah. Yeah, beginning of 2019. Yeah, because that class. Yeah, so it's been like three years. Crazy. I know. Um, well, that movie came out, and it was written and directed by Alice Wu, um, and everyone really enjoyed it. A lot of people enjoyed that movie, and um, my friend Jen went kind of on a deep dive, I think, with that director, and she doesn't really have a lot of things out, but one of her other major titles is the movie Saving Face, um, which came out in 2004, 
um, and Jen watched it and actually said that she didn't really like it as much, and so that made me really curious. I love Jen's uh, like opinions on movies, and so that made mm-hmm. me curious, and I watched this movie, and I fucking love this movie. Um, so yeah, that is how I came across it. Yeah, I didn't hear about this movie until we watched that movie and you mentioned it on this podcast, actually. <laughs> and I was no like, oh, way. I should watch it. <laughs> yeah. That's that was the first wild. time I heard of this movie. Yeah. <gasps> That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, this movie has a 3.9 average on Letterboxd. Um, was that and an 86 five? on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. 3.9 out of 5 average. Uh, one of Jen's big criticisms of it was that it kind of. Well, first of all, I mean, it's 2004, but it is one of those narratives that deals with, like, oh, you're not going to come out, then we can't be together. It's one of those. Um, And that's something that a lot of people, I think, have an issue with because it's the typical gay plotline. It's very, very common, and it's not very... um, I don't want to say thought-provoking, but I think it's very tired for gay people, especially because that's something that a lot of people face in real life. And it, it went into reflect yeah, back like, in the movie. They don't want to like, have to watch it. <laughs> yeah, it's very exhausting. Um, but I thought it was really different because it was not so much centered on the the main character's relationship with her girlfriend. Is very much heavily uh, at the centerpiece of the movie is the relationship of the main character and her mother. And that's yeah, something yeah. very very interesting. And it was a uh, cra- It was like. I was so shocked, oh, and so I, I feel like this is the Alice Wu touch. Where in the middle of the movie, you know, she's talking to her how or her uh, like floor mate, like oh about my mom and this and that, and the guy's like, well, why don't you just tell her that you're gay? Like just come out, and she's like, oh, she knows. Like she yeah. walked in on me with another girl. Like she's known for years. Oh my god, I was so thrown in. Then Bro. it felt like everything was making sense. Like suddenly, I could feel yeah. like the, the, <laughs> the type of tension that was existing between the mom yeah, and the daughter. Yeah, like, there was tension, and you're like, wait, I'm not quite sure why though. And then that happens, and you're like, oh, mg. Yeah, yeah wow. like it was really intense. It was intense in a way you're like, okay, I don't know why they really hate each other and that sort of stuff. And then there's that scene where she finally does come out, and the mom is like, no, you're not gay. Like, yeah. no, you're not. She's like, like, mom. <laughs> etc yeah and there's like oh but it's just so good because both of these characters i feel like are so like i empathized a lot with them even though you know the mother had that sort of perspective i mean she's homophobic but then there was that scene where she like uh wants her daughter to join the the what is it she's having like a game night or something like that oh yeah and the main character's like i don't want to go but then nobody else shows up like the mom doesn't yeah. have friends she's really so isolated sad. all she has because is her she, daughter she gets pregnant out of wedlock Right, and at so she's an older age, and they're all like, "OMG, like, what? Who's the father? Blah blah blah." She can't say who the father is because, and I thought this was a cool touch actually because I'm gonna be honest, I didn't know who it was either. I was like, "Oh, who is the father?" And then like, mm-hmm. I thought that maybe it was gonna be the the like father. What was his name, Mister Yu? Yeah, the Jay. older guy. Older Yu, because there's little Yu and older Yu. Mm-hmm. <laughs> older Yu is the like. Her dad, like, did not like that guy because he, like, um, what was it? He, like, did, like, fortunes and stuff. He told fortunes. And he was like, that's not respectable. Like, I'm a professor, blah, blah, blah. And so she, like, never told anyone that she was, like, seeing little you. <laughs> right? He's, like, in <laughs> his 30s. Was, like, yeah. And it was so funny because she's, like, everyone thinks that they're trying to set her and little you up. And then she's, like oh little you blah, blah blah and he's like why does her father keep giving me stuff for my mom mm-hmm. <laughs> he's like actually it's me mm-hmm. <laughs> so cute but i like they both had this like 
like, because uh, that actually made me stop to think, like, maybe she isn't actually homophobic, because the whole thing with her was, like, her relationship with her father, and the fact that her father was, like, no, you have to be perfect, like, I, you've, I've been, he says, like, I've been giving you my face for years, mm-hmm. and, like, you're throwing it away or something like that, and so she doesn't say anything, and then when the main character says, like, mom, I'm gay, her reaction isn't, like, get away, like, I don't like that, blah, blah, blah. She says, mm-hmm. like, I'm a perfect mother and you're not gay, which mm-hmm. in this reality is not true. And so mm-hmm. in her fantasy, her being gay is, like, a reflection on her as a mother mm-hmm. instead of, like, being, like, and I was like, oh, my God, that's so crazy. It's like, she was like, my real. father would hate it because of my, like, it wouldn't be anything to do with you would be my fault (laughs) Mm -hmm. which is why it's like so hard for both of them and it's very interesting that dynamic to see because I feel like you don't get to see that dynamic a lot definitely especially in television like a lot of times it's the I can't say this because my parents would like hate me and it's like no I can't say it because it would bring like like it would cause a different family family member harm like I could Mm -hmm. live with it just fine but they, on the other hand, I don't think they could. So it's almost like they're doing it out of love, and it's odd. Mm-hmm. And way more complex. <laughs> yeah, there were just a lot of pieces that were just making so much sense, and it was, like, pieces of my own life I had never stopped to think about that were suddenly, like, I was looking at. Um, like, the fact that, I mean, they have that weird dynamic, and there's a lot of tension there, but she still is like, yeah, come live with me. Like, she still yeah. is like, I need to take care of my mother, and she has that sort of responsibility. Yeah. Um, which was so incredible and it's a completely something I would never question maybe people would watch this movie and be like wow like you know fuck the mom and da 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 but I'm like I think I... there were characters that asked her that too actually oh, really? like from her from her job they're like wait why is your mother staying with you why can't she get an apartment she goes do you know uh-huh. what kind of Asian daughter I would be if I didn't <laughs> take my mother in <laughs> she's yeah. like I'd be ostracized yeah and it's something i was actually talking about recently i can't remember who it was and we were talking about maybe it was kiana and we were talking about like the ways that mm, sometimes problems are presented in narrative and um they they try to give because i mentioned it before a lot of movies will give or present a social problem and then give a conservative resolution or a conservative answer um like very recently i was just like oh of course i watched encanto and it was quite good it was pretty fun um but then of course you know they they argue within the family the the main characters upset at the grandma and the whole thing but of course at the end they all make up and they're happy family and it's like there's always that sort of conservative belief like oh the resolution is that you still have this family this like nuclear Mm. very close very intimate family which i remember this also being something we didn't like about um uh happiest season <laughs> yes exactly yeah, yeah it's and it's they like just resolve it and it's like okay well <laughs> exactly yeah because and then no i was just like i do sometimes and i am left with the question like well what if the family did not exist at the end of this movie you know what if the grandma in Encanto stuck by her guns and she's like no i'd rather die than admit that i'm wrong what if the the father in happiest season said, you know what, no, my career is important to me and I build this and I'm not going to let you fuck it up and then disowns her. Because, and not and not to say like, oh, all movies need to reflect real life and they need to mm-hmm. be like relatable in that very um, difficult way. Um, it's just like but harder it's, to believe. 
<laughs> like that I, they just completely do a 180 because in the movie right. it seems like it's just like immediately and then in the way that it, like a conservative answer like is very common it's very easy and i think mm-hmm. that for this movie to kind of take a narrative risk and to say you know what what if you know she doesn't like say those sorts of things and what if that dynamic is uncomfortable and then still find a resolution within that to put them in that situation where they're completely at odds they have nobody else left and there's still yeah. you you're left like after the movie thinking oh this resolved itself yeah. and it wasn't like oh the mom is accepted back into you know what i mean like it was still there was a lot of like <laughs> displacement like the grandpa still still made rude comments and family dinner about I am definitely going to be over here every day as soon as this grandchild is born because with the two of you raising her, she's not going to come out right. <laughs> like, geez, chill. <laughs> and there's like, I think the scene at the end, right, the um, when the main character, she's kissing her girlfriend at the family event, people leave and people look at yeah, them and they're disgusted they and they leave. But you see them in the middle of the dance floor and it feels nice you know it doesn't feel like oh they fucked up and now they're being ostracized it feels very comforting it feels like oh like other people that are just like oh this is fun like yay Mm -hmm. we can actually enjoy this now that all the stiffs have left (laughs) yeah and so that was something even i mean this movie was 2004 but i haven't seen this um in like many other movies i mean love simon was just so irritating for that same reason definitely definitely i think so if this came out now oh my god i feel like it would get so much attention very very good very refreshing it's so good yeah um yeah (laughs) yeah that's just the way that i would handle a situation like that it's it's very awkward when uh, uh they give a problem that has a lot of like pathways and ways to to see it and can open up Mm. a lot of different perspectives and then give it a very generalized answer like oh but they all make up and it's a family that's very like belittling to me it's very reductive i'm like how can you bring up this complicated problem and give it such a stupid solution solve it Mm -hmm. (laughs) what do you mean you solved it no yeah (laughs) like i get that it's a movie and that like maybe we're we as an audience are especially in like american hollywood are used to this idea of like a happy ending and like Mm -hmm. you know escapism and stuff but it's like on one hand yes we're tired of seeing certain things where it's like okay we see this narrative all the time yes it's like like we're tired and yes i guess it's like better than the like oh i'm coming out narrative which is kind of like you've got two quite literally Mm -hmm. right now that are (laughs) acceptable in the what like hollywood sphere it's the coming out narrative and it's the okay well we can't be together if you're not out because i don't want to go back in the closet type thing like those are the two and this one is like it kind of has like both almost but like it definitely has the like i feel like we're closeted and she's like eh, but there's like so many things to it and stuff like that but like yeah it's like we're tired of seeing those types of narratives because yeah it's too real like we see that all the time in real life mm-hmm. <laughs> and like yes we want a happy ending but we don't want a happy ending that's manufactured like we want a happy yeah. ending that could be just as real yeah like you i don't know? want an ending that's digestible for straight people you know like yeah. we want to just give them what they <laughs> think and what they're what they can relate to it's like mm-hmm. let's let's have it be let's have it push boundaries and i think that maybe like I feel like maybe if there were other films, if the industry was impacted with other films with gay people in them, 
from a wide range of, of backgrounds and a, a lot of different character types, maybe the fact that having a movie where a character is like, oh, I don't want to date you if you don't come out, whatever, it wouldn't matter as much. But because that's yeah. just the primary representation of gay people, you can find there's so many movies with there's that so sort many. of narrative in it. And television. Um, yeah, that's why I kind of push back against it because I'm like, okay, let's push back. I'm all about like, let's just get other perspectives in there because there's yeah. a million different lives that gave people lead. And that's yeah, not, yeah. I, I would hate for that to become people that maybe don't have gay friends or don't really know about that sort of stuff i don't want that to become the way that they perceive the gay experience is oh they ha- they won't like you if you don't come out and then they come out and everyone loves you and you're a happy family and whatever and it would be yeah. nice if if there were a lot because there's a lot of different representations of men and men in movies and there's so many different yeah. you know they can be anything then it's like okay one bad representation doesn't really make an impact and that's how i feel about yeah. women too and maybe we're getting into a better place like if there were a lot of films with women protagonists and women you know in different positions and sexualities and colors and sizes then it would diverse stories yeah (laughs) yes then it would it wouldn't be as bad when there's one bad representation but because we're not i don't feel like we're at that point it it does hurt when i see something that i'm like okay this isn't respectful and so yeah this movie i feel like could be really good and i'm hoping that it in the future when we're at a point where there are more diverse stories for gay people and gay women and gay women of color specifically mm-hmm. this movie won't be as triggering as it may be to to watch it for people now yeah that is what i believe no that's that's something that i've like talked about within like with a lot of movies actually especially with the like this is the first movie that's come out like of this type of representation ever kind of a thing and everyone like it already has so much pressure on it to be good that it's like okay but if i don't like it does that mean that like we don't get more like because i want more (laughs) you're like i do want the representation it's just that this can't be it like there's so many things (laughs) that go into representation than just this one thing and if this one thing does well then maybe we only get this one thing or maybe we can get more of that but if i if i say i don't like it then we're absolutely not getting anything <laughs> it's true <laughs> and it's like come on it's true. i don't like this mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like yes i will always support anything that's like you know like like a first of its kind you know like mm-hmm. especially when it comes to diversity but then it's like actually i we haven't talked about this movie, and I'm not sure if we will, but, like, the movie Eternals, I was listening oh, yeah, to yeah. a podcast, uh, the Black Men Can't Jump in Hollywood podcast, and they were talking about Eternals, and they were talking pretty much about the same thing, how they were, like, they actually really liked Eternals, especially because of how the characters actually represented, like, different people of color and different sexualities and, like, different disabilities and stuff like that, and that, like, the actors that played them got to actually put their own stories into their characters so like they have and i guess this is technically technically actually the first like gay superhero that marvel cinematic universe has um and like they don't necessarily like he doesn't have to come out there isn't any like oh i'm gay that happens in the film like it's just like and i guess spoilers but like they literally just like show up at his house one day and he's like dang it, you guys are back again. <laughs> and like, and then he's like, all right, well, I guess I got to go save the world, but like, I don't really want to, but also I guess I kind of do because I have a son, I have a husband and like, they, 
have this meaningful conversation as husbands about how if you don't go and save the world then what like we have a son <laughs> like mm-hmm. is our son gonna grow up or is he gonna not have like a world to grow up in and i want a world to grow up in for our son and then they kiss and then they go off and you know they have a sad goodbye and i was like that felt so much more meaningful than anything Disney's tried to push on us with gay representation, which I say in air, air quotes. <laughs> no, totally, <laughs> like, because I've I didn't ever even hear done. about that. Wow. Yeah, and it's, like, so meaningful. And, like, the actress that plays um, Makari, she's, like, actually deaf. She does sign language. They, like, interpret it, and she's also black, <laughs> which is, like, super Lit. cool. She's a superhero. Like, there's only, what, like, three white people, I think, in the whole movie. That's it. <laughs> With, like, an ensemble cast. It's kind of crazy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so it was like, hey, we have all these amazing, like, things of this movie, but because it has, like, an indie director who also happens to be, like, amazing. the first woman of color to ever win an Oscar, <laughs> they're like, yeah, she actually did an amazing job, but it doesn't fit the normal feel of, like, a Marvel movie, so it got bad reviews. And everyone's oh. like, gosh, I really wish that it didn't because you guys are kind of ruining it for the fact that, like, if people like her were making Marvel movies and movies with a big budget and they kept getting chances, we would have so much more meaningful diversity on screen. And it's like, dang, but can you even, like, blame people that have been force-fed something their entire lives that are now getting a taste of something different that they never actually wanted to say, like, oh yeah this is good just purely because it's representation like there's such a struggle in that in this whole dynamic it's like gosh if only we had a market that was already saturated with people of color and so much gender and diversity and sexualities and like all of that it would just like with so many different types of identities it'd be amazing because then that wouldn't be like a struggle we could actually just you know, be like, oh yeah, it was like a superhero movie, and not have to worry about, oh, but it had like a gay person in it. <laughs> Sorry, I just made like the stupidest like what if phase. Like seriously. <laughs> <laughs> um, I know that definitely like begs a question because I actually discussed this. We had like a family Zoom on Christmas, and I was like talking to my siblings <laughs> about like just movies and stuff. We were talking about how people don't really go to the theater anymore. My brother was bringing up, like, there's not really any, like, stars, like, new stars. Like, there's no such thing as star power, really, anymore. Um, And I had read something. I can't remember where. Oh, my God. I wish I had a memory for everything. But I read something that was talking about how, um, I mean, COVID kind of just sped up the process of, um, like, pushing the theater out of people's lives. Because kids growing up these days don't have the theater at the centerpiece of their like uh youth whereas like i don't know growing up when we were growing up it's like or at least for me that was like the hangout is like when you're hanging out with your friends you see a movie movie, you go to the mall (laughs) like that like the movie theater was right by the mall so like that was the hangout and so it was very familiar to me and i would see movies by myself all the time yeah, but I that's still not go something to movie theater by myself. Yeah, exactly. Because that that was something that we like grew up with. But then like many yeah. kids didn't really grow up with that. I mean, maybe they go to the theaters like 
uh, at like the holidays or if there's something they really want to see like how spider-man is just blowing yeah. up the box office because they're just like oh i really want to see this but it's not a common practice for a lot of people they're just like they actually don't care they're like i'll just see it on netflix or they just don't watch movies at all yeah um they'll watch you know hour-long youtube video essays but they won't watch a movie um <laughs> because it's like that's what's at the centerpiece of their life I'll watch a live stream of a person playing a video game <laughs> yes like two hour street. long <laughs> live stream and they won't watch a movie um but then those people become that that person's celebrity those are the stars there's no such thing as like movie stars really in in our up-and-coming age you know there's yeah like right now with social media we make our own stars we we don't like have hollywood stars (laughs) which i guess is good and bad at the same time yeah it's like i mean that was one of the things that would that was keeping theater in business is kind of mm-hmm. a star power um and so it is that kind of it's kind of i i hate business like just as a principle but then it is upsetting that that is something that you know contributed to the thriving of the film industry and that is just mm-hmm. dissolved completely yeah almost i mean not almost, not yeah. entirely but very much so. I heard that in Eternals, it's funny you bring that up, that Angelina Jolie was kind of, they didn't highlight her presence in the movie. Like, she's very equalized among everyone oh, else. Oh, yeah. It's a very, yeah. like, ensemble movie. Yeah, which, but it, which is interesting because um, someone I read a review of, they were talking about how that is kind of also contributing to, like, the fall of, like, the star power is when it's like the movie doesn't really highlight the fact that this person is a star. It's not, like, and you barely even hear about the fact that she's in the movie. Um, I mean, I don't really know. I didn't really hear a lot about that movie. Maybe Marvel did that on purpose. They didn't really, like, market it as well. But, um, yeah. Like, that sort of... People maybe aren't seeing the movies for the stars anymore. They're seeing it for the story, question mark? Like, like, Tom Holland was virtually a nobody, but people are seeing this movie now. Yeah, they're watching movies because, like, oh, Tom Holland's in it. I don't know. Well, I think they're I just watching because it's Spider Man. I don't know if yeah, people they are watching it because they're like Spider Man. Yeah, because like, I'm definitely not bomb. trying to see his Uncharted movie. That movie kind of looks dumb. I was about to say, yeah, like his other movies don't do that well, but Spider Man does well because it's Spider Man, and so I feel like that's yeah. maybe what movies. But are like, am I going to watch Batman just because Zoe Kravitz is Catwoman? Yes. Oh yes. <laughs> Did did we all watch Malcolm yeah. and Marie just for Zendaya? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Don't clock me. <laughs> um, oh literally. So yeah, but that's something. I mean, that that was a uh, uh, Netflix movies, you know. So it's like that sort yeah. of stuff. It's like taking away from the money that the industry is making. So I can't remember how we got on this topic, but I just wanted to mention that I was just talking yeah, about yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, and it's interesting because like being in like film school at the same time as we're going through like a global pandemic and then having to like especially with like the course that I'm in is a lot of like history classes and like film history and like film critics and stuff like that (laughs) um in one of our classes we actually had to write a little bit of a paper on like the idea of cinema and how like that definition has evolved from just purely going to the movies to like you know being easily more easily eh, more easily accessible um and like we even talked about like pretty much almost any time there's any type of like crisis or gap 
not gap jump in like technology that there always ends up being this question of like well what's gonna happen to film what's gonna happen to movies and uh-huh. cinema because <laughs> like when like radio came out and then it was like okay cool people are sitting at home listening to their radios and it's like but they could go see a movie they go see movies and then they're like wait we could make this television so they make television they're like nobody's gonna go to the movies anymore we have television and it's just funny to me to hear the quite literal same exact like sentiments right now Mm -hmm. as we're hearing in like classes and i was like well we still do go to the movies so maybe they it will it's just like a a timely thing because on the other hand yes cinema is changing and maybe it's not in the theaters anymore but like it is more accessible to like more people which is how we ended up getting a lot of stuff in the early 2000s and 90s because camcorders people Mm -hmm. were able to actually make movies digital because it was easier to have access to the tools to make them Mm -hmm. so i don't know I'm very, I'm very interested <laughs> to see what happens. Like, I'm, I'm just very intrigued to see what happens with like the film industry, especially with like, like movies as well as television becoming a lot more, um, like, what's the Movie-like. word? They're, yeah, like TV television. Is, like, watching a movie now. The, the yeah. episodes are so long. They're so and they're so long. well produced. <laughs> yeah, they're so well produced. They end up being like, like so many seasons in order to tell a story but then you have movies where it's like we literally have movies that are the equivalent of a pilot episode yeah like movies that are like okay we're watching this movie so that we can set up the next movie Pretty and it's like much. we know you guys are gonna come and watch this movie because you want to see the next movie mm-hmm. not this one that we're showing you right now and yeah. so it's it's so interesting to see like what's gonna happen because like what (laughs) yeah that's kind of insane because it's like we've had franchises before but now like what is this is this even considered a franchise anymore it's just like an epilogue just giant (laughs) just more and more it's just a giant epic but in movie form (laughs) yeah okay i have a couple things i want to say it's interesting that you bring up the fact that yeah they've always like film has been threatened in a lot of different ways because film has transformed a lot because of those those ways um i remember reading something that like a lot of uh modern film criticism air quotes modern as in like since the 50s deals Mm -hmm. with um looking at movies and the existence of them as like oh it's something meant to be watched you know in the dark in a quiet theater like oh when people are watching movie da 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 but at the conception of movies when people would go to nickelodeons and that sort of stuff everyone was like talking like the lights were on people would be talking yelling like you know those videos of people at like the the spider-man where they're like clapping and shit that's how people used to watch movies it was essentially theater (laughs) no literally like it would be like watching tv at your house but you're in public and everyone is like yeah talking eating like like, super loud like to the movies and they just didn't actually watch the movie yeah okay i know people actually do that i know that's a thing that people do i have heard time and time again that people do go to the movies and not watch the movie like on a date and i still don't understand how y'all are like why what's the (laughs) point why pay all that money (laughs) well that's something because then like back in the day it was like what it was really cheap i mean it was five cents which is like maybe more expensive now it's like but you're lucky if it's less than 10 bucks <laughs> no literally um but that's something that is like back in the day they didn't have to bring people in because if you had like oh i have some time to kill i have a half hour to kill you'd go sit in there for a half hour like fuck around yeah. meet up with your buddies whatever then you're like okay i'm done and then leave but mm-hmm. now um like the way that 
because back then the movies weren't even like narratives it was just like videos and that was enough yeah people would watch a video of people walking and they'd be like whoa (laughs) and that's it that's crazy (laughs) yeah for half an hour um but then yeah with television and stuff like the the types of narratives and the way that movies were shot and everything has changed a lot and it's because of that sort of stuff and so i do i am curious like what is the big change that's going to keep um theaters in business and i feel like one of the ways that they're trying to do that is they're trying to make a theater like an experience and not just yeah they're trying to make it an experience yeah they're giving you dinner they're giving you wine it's a nice like (laughs) reclining seat and all that kind of stuff it's like a vacation you know yeah (laughs) because that's that was like another thing that we we read like articles of different critics talking about like well cinema to me has always been like sitting in a dark room and like part of the the thing that makes movies magical is the setting in which you see them, which I totally understand there. Like, it's the nostalgia of it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, if if anything were to threaten the movie industry, that is the thing that would 100% save it. <laughs> the intimacy? like The nostalgia of, nostalgia. like, going to the movies and, like, like the smells and, like, you know, the, the feel. Like, they even have that, what, Nicole Kidman thing right now where she, like, Okay, so I've seen a few movies uh, in theaters recently, and everyone that I've gone with has also laughed just as hard as it as I have. But there's this Nicole Kidman like um, pre-show like ad thing that they play, and it's like she talks about the magic of movies, <laughs> but it's like it, it's like directly tied to the movie theater, so you can definitely see that push already happening. <laughs> yeah, but that's what she like sits there by herself. She goes. It's not the blah, blah, blah. It's the smell of the blah, blah, blah. And it's this. And it's this. And that's what makes movies magical. And it's like, AMC, come watch a movie with us. Something like that. (laughs) And it's, like, really stupid, but it's also funny. But, like, it's not entirely wrong either. Because I remember, like, in quarantine, seeing a, a tweet that, like, went viral. And it was some, like, picture of a movie theater. And someone literally just captioned it, God, I miss this so much. And I was like actually same though (laughs) like i love movie theaters but that's what's missing in like younger generations they don't have like they didn't grow up going to the movies that's the thing and that's what they were trying to make that experience yeah like a lot of kids nowadays are growing up not going to the movies they will just watch it on the ipad watch it at home a lot of people don't have that nostalgia that connection yeah and it's like okay so either they have to fabricate that or figure out how to replicate some type of nostalgia for this generation exactly okay lord of the rings was made as a three-parter but Mm -hmm. i actually really liked it i hate movies where it's set it like ends on a cliffhanger setting you up for the second one yeah which is like every um, single movie right now like any every movie that's like well i guess not in like an independent market is pretty much just like hey we'll end it on like a Maybe not, like, a cliffhanger, but it definitely won't be, like, a definite ending in case they do and decide to make it, like, a franchise. Well, here's the thing. Um, Marvel has no excuse because they literally do that. They do they go movie by oh, movie. Yeah. But, like, Lord of the Rings was based on books, and I, they shot yeah. every movie at the same time. They shot for, like, 12 months straight, and then they just released the movies every couple years. So I'm like, they're a little bit valid, and also That's Dune. Insane. I know, right? Dune, I think, is valid because it's also based on a book. Yeah, they're it's, like, also... It's a determined... <laughs> ending you know so and i think they also just they they haven't stopped really filming oh are they like, still they going? started production of the second one before the first one came out oh <gasps> so it's like a lord of the rings okay yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, so Marvel is not valid for doing that because I'm like, you're really going movie to movie and that's annoying. But, like, when you're basing <laughs> it off of, like, a pre-existing work, that's a little different. Yeah. So, yeah. That's my opinions on that. Yeah, because, like, you could argue that it's for, like, oh, they're comic books. They existed already in the story. But there's so many different storylines that you've, like, which one you're are you going to on screen? You're yeah. basically making it up. Like, yeah. they're not actual representations. It's, like... Yeah. The, the thing that's making them interesting is the fact that yes we get to see some of what we saw in the comic books come to life mm-hmm. but also the fact that we don't know what direction they're gonna go exactly <laughs> that's the only it. thing that's keeping yeah. <laughs> keeping us going to the movies for the marvel movies at least because like if we knew where they were gonna head already with the movie then like we would just decide if we liked that route from the comic <laughs> books or not and then decide if we wanted to see it or not you know exactly yeah nothing would be like oh no spoiler like we would know like lord yeah, of the rings like, are like we know what's happening we know what's gonna happen <laughs> yeah we, we came here to watch the exact same thing but, <laughs> but <actually>. real <laughs> yeah <laughs> but it's cool because it's like whoa it's real yeah, yeah it's like hey this is so cool this is exactly how we imagined it yeah exactly so it's different yeah yeah um okay so back on topic <laughs> um, yeah i guess back to this this movie <laughs> or at least the director um i really like this movie mm-hmm. um and i really enjoyed like being able to compare it to the half of it like having watched the half of it quite quite a lot i you know remember like different scenes like and how they were shot and stuff like that. And so watching this movie, especially the fact that it was made in 2004. Mm-hmm. And it was so funny when I got almost to the end of the movie and they're at the wedding and she goes to interrupt the wedding. And it's quite literally the exact same scene in the half of it when she interrupts like the church service. <laughs> yeah, literally. It's like the exact same scene. Like it's shot almost exactly the same too. Like with her down the aisle and looking at the person and then someone being like okay well blah 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 and standing up and it's like everyone Everyone's in the like, church <gasps> just goes <gasps> and then they someone all start like, arguing with I, each other and then everyone else is like, <gasps> yeah uh, i was like alice was cracking herself up right now <laughs> yeah it's <laughs> the exact same movies. scene and i will i will love it every time that is <laughs> like, her i love those touch. scenes those scenes are amazing <laughs> yeah i was like wow she really does like those those reveals doesn't she especially the twists the twist type thing yeah she likes that because i've noticed in both movies the main character like never really comes out as gay mm. like someone kind of just like knows you know and then they mm. just kind of confirm they never really like do the like well, I didn't want to tell you because blah, blah, blah. Like, in the half of it, she's just, like, in love with her. It doesn't say anything. And then the guy's like, oh, my God, you're in love with her. And she's like... Mm-hmm. And then when she doesn't say anything, that's the confirmation. He's like, oh, my God. That's crazy. Like, oh, mm-hmm. my gosh. And, like, he has to deal with it in his way and whatever. And then even with this movie, like, the mom already knows. At the beginning of the movie, she's dancing with the guy that, like, her dad, her mom had tried to set her up with, like, years ago and then like they just have like a friendship now of like lol everyone wants us to be together and we're absolutely not and he's like yeah you know vivian that's the girlfriend or ends up being the girlfriend 
He's like, Vivian's my cousin. He's like, you're so into her. And she's like, no, I'm not. He's like, you're so into girls. And he's like, I'm not. And he's like, <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> and I was like, wow, straight clocked her. But <laughs> yeah, that scene on the like, rooftop with yeah. her housemate like changed the entire movie, I think, for me. Like, it could have been worse if I think that scene didn't happen. But that was oh, yeah. a game changer for me. Yeah, I was like, oh, like, this is a different knows. movie now. Yeah. <laughs> So it's it is it is different than that typical plot in a, in a in a way. Yeah, she's like I'm not not sharing her with my mom because I'm gay. I'm not sharing her with my mom because my mom can't handle it. Yeah, it's not like a coming out story. It's not yeah. like Love Simon. Like it's different. It's better, yeah. Yeah. It was it, yeah, it's just one of those things that it's just like yes, I I I do understand like the coming out stories and that they're important like to the community because like I know so many people like like that have watched any of the movies that we mentioned earlier about the like coming out sequence and them being completely impacted by it and inspiring their own like oh okay well maybe you don't have to feel this way about coming out or whatever and like being like feeling more comfortable about coming out because of the movies and like the scenes which like yes it's important to like see them it's just that we have so many of them (laughs) it Mm -hmm. that it doesn't always have to be that exact thing you know yeah it's saturated Um, so yeah it it was really nice to see especially the fact that it came out in 2004 like a movie that wasn't about like coming out because even like i can't think of any movies in the early 2000s that were in like a similar lane like a lot of them were either i'm struggling with my identity like do I come out or it's like a I can be out but then I'm not going to be out to like everyone kind of a mm-hmm. thing like it was like it's more about the identity crisis rather than the actual I don't want to say consequences but like the actual consequences of being the out. fallout <laughs> yeah yeah mm-hmm. which I like about this movie it deals mm-hmm. with those dynamics and like the dynamics around it not just it itself (laughs) yeah it's hard to find ones without white people too like as like a non-white main character it's really hard oh my gosh the mom in this movie is so funny she had me (laughs) dying when they sent her on her first date and she's like is it a white man she's like you're gonna set me up with some old ugly white man (laughs) she's so pissed and i thought it was so funny (laughs) I'm on be kind of racist though. <laughs> she heard Jay oh, was the... coming over, the black yeah, guy, the guy. black neighbor, oh, who she ends up God. being friends with later. But she's like, I'm gonna give him. She like pulls out a paper plate, and they're like, You can't give Jay a paper plate. It's rude. And she goes, I'll give him two. That was so bad. I know. That was pretty awful. I was like, Very girl. 2004. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, Okay, your baby can't come out too dark. So I don't, she's like, mom, we're not together. Oh my <laughs> gosh, you you can't do that. <laughs> oh, it's so bad. I was just recently talking. It's so awful. I was talking with Jen about, um, <laughs> oh my God, it was some like 
Twitter post I saw and the person was like, we were at thing or Christmas dinner and t- like it was an awkward silence and all of a sudden my mom asks my boyfriend, so where were you on 9-11? And I said that to Jen, like this is so funny. And Jen was like, the unspoken truth that like brown people are also racist, but like we will never say that. No, <laughs> yeah. Like don't tell white people that <laughs> because they don't need leverage on us, but it's true. And I was like, yeah, yeah. There's definitely... <laughs> the only difference is that we all suffer. <laughs> I know. People are the only ones that don't really suffer. <laughs> That's true, yeah. I'd be suffering those consequences hard. Mm-hmm. We all be suffering. Yeah. Um. But, oh my gosh, the mom was so funny. Oh, the only thing... The only other thing I wanted to mention was the opening shot scene. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Um... The, oh my gosh literally yeah, do you want to say it? i love people of color especially when they let things happen for other people of color <laughs> and like this is even funnier because like again the black man can jump podcast is basically a podcast about like like race and diversity in hollywood but specifically it started with them doing only movies that starred leading black actors and now they've branched out a little bit. They'll do movies with, like, leading um, people of color. Because, you know, they kind of ran out of movies. But they had done so many freaking Will Smith movies. Because, like, who else? He's who the else one. are they going to be able to do? <laughs> and I just yeah. thought it was so funny because, like, they often talk about, like, yeah, but, like, Will Smith, he's cool because, like, he still does stuff for, like, the community. So, like, yes, I think that if he is getting, like, support from, like, Hollywood, then, like, we are as, like, a community benefiting from that because, like, he also funds, like, other types of stuff. Which was funny when I saw his name as a producer credit in Saving Face. <laughs> um, okay, yeah, because this is a Will Smith. So Saving Face is a Will Smith-produced movie. Um, I wanted to mention a little tidbit that, okay, so the, um, this, the filming started for Saving Face in fall of 2003, um, on 2.5 million dollars which is nothing um for a movie um 35 millimeter film Wu alice Wu wanted like a big establishing shot for the film so i guess that they um had shot pretty much the entire film and they had just they hadn't done anything like you know like a sweeping like aerial um shot of new york but she really really Mm -hmm. wanted it to like ground the film in new york (laughs) um and apparently, she um, asked the company that was helping produce the film, Will Smith's company, um, to like to help them get the shot. They let her use a helicopter that they were using to get aerial shots for the the movie Hitch with Will Smith. No way! And so they let one of her camera people in on the helicopter, and so they got they were getting multiple shots. Um, that is so funny. Yeah, I'm and so that watch that Hitch opening just scene, for the establishing shots, and then. Yeah, it's gonna be like the same angles. They're like the same things. (laughs) Slightly to the left. Um yeah. So yeah. Oh, that was pretty cool. Um yeah, I just wanted to mention that. Okay, so do you want to Yeah. He's the ultimate ally. (laughs) If you wanna if you wanna support us in our endeavors of filmmaking, um get us a helicopter. (laughs) Helicopter or just like fund our movie and produce it. That'd be great. All right. All right. So I guess we should do. What do we do? Um, can we, we do... even do FMF for this movie? I guess we can. Yeah. Do you want me to see? Let's see. Um. Okay. So we could do Jay the neighbor. 
um, Norman and then little you. I don't know who Norman oh. is. Do you want to see what he looks like? I remember what he looks like. I just watched the movie, so. <laughs> oh, you know who Norman is? Who is that? Isn't he the friend? Maybe. I didn't recognize him from the picture. Oh, no, no, no. Norman is the dude, they're tra- the bald one that they keep calling short because he's four, he's like five eight. <laughs> okay, what would yours be then? Well. Hmm. Mary J. Because he's fun. Screw little you. Because he's cute. And then friend zone Norman, because that's how that would go in real life. I would not actually be friends with him, but he'd be in the friend zone, quote unquote. The friend zone that that he thinks exists that doesn't actually exist. (laughs) Yeah, you have not made a single actual friend in any of these MFs. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's the point. (laughs) Friend zone doesn't actually exist. (laughs) They've created it. It's a construct. That's true. (gasps) The commentary. Oh. (laughs) I think I would low-key do the same. I would friendzone Norman, but I would fuck Jay, and then I would marry um, Little You. Little You, yeah. He's a cutie, and I think he would treat me right. And so I would marry him. (laughs) (laughs) I just love when Jay is at the door, and he goes, oh, hey, Mrs. Um, I forget what he called her. He says hi to the mom, and she's like, oh, hi, <laughs> like, right after they, like, had kissed, and he's like, he's a lumpy-looking man, <laughs> and just, like, eats, like, continues doing whatever he is, and she laughs, and it's like, yeah, he is. Oh, my God. <laughs> and then later at the end, when she's, like, rushing down the stairs to get to, like, uh, to get to the, the like, get together or whatever he's just sitting there on his laptop hair in a towel turban and he's just like with a face mask just chilling in the hallway <laughs> like i love this guy <laughs> oh i wish i had time to rewatch it before we did this so i wish funny. i could remember these little baby details so great love this movie um unfortunately there was not a lot um credited in the credits um like well there was a lot credited in the credits but not um, the nine positions that we normally looked at. So I ended up getting eight, but they're not the ones that we typically do. Um, so for the big nine, or the big eight, I guess, for this movie, I have the director was a woman. The writer was a woman. They were both Alice Wu. <laughs> Editor um, included women. Cinematographer did not. Um, instead of art director, I have set director, who was a woman. Okay. And then composer and sound did not include women, but the costumes did. Um, so of the eight... Six had women, which is pretty good. Three nice. fours. Yeah. yeah. Especially because it's like yeah. a low budget film, too. So, like, <laughs> they probably wouldn't have had the same um, roles anyway. Because right. the roles slightly change when you, have, when you don't have the money for them. <laughs> right. Yeah. I feel that. <laughs> yeah. Um,. And in terms of rating, honestly, this is maybe going to... I didn't really talk about it a whole lot, so maybe this is shocking, but I think I would give this movie a 10 because I love this movie so much. It's so comforting to me. Um, I love the characters. I love everything about it. It was so... It was just perfect. Honestly, it spoke to me in a way that... And maybe I would change my rating later on. Maybe if I 
watched a lot more movies and i'm like actually this one didn't really mm, this and that whatever maybe i changed my rating but as of right now this is one of my favorite movies ever so i give it a 10 <laughs> it is like a very comforting feeling movie that's yeah very, like i was watching it and i was like oh that's so cute <laughs> yeah it makes me feel good it's just like a cute movie um yeah yeah because like there were some things where i was like oof it's definitely dated like for sure yeah and like i want to say like for me i like the the relationship with the girlfriend i feel like could have been developed a little bit better because it like to me it just felt like you only got to see like snippets through the relationship even though that was a good like chunk of the story was them like being together and stuff because mm-hmm. i felt like it literally just went from okay i've met you once i've met you twice we're together and now we have like all this drama <laughs> and i was like okay but then like that's when a little they real were for together, me <laughs> that's a little personal <laughs> for me <laughs> But then, like, when they were together, it was still, like, like I don't know, the the banter didn't quite hit, if that oh, makes okay. sense. I think that's what it was, is they, they, like, tried to banter, but for me, it didn't feel like good banter. Like Really? Okay. Yeah, the chemistry really was liked off. It. Really? Oh, I loved it. I thought the dialogue was amazing and perfect. I thought the actresses were perfect. Oh, yeah, and I even were... read that, like, the main girl wasn't even her first choice actress. Like, the first choice, I think, was from China, and then her visa got denied or something Aww. and so the the main character is like her second choice for interesting the mm. but no i think it literally it was just like the chemistry between the two i was like like waiting for just a little bit more i don't know maybe uh-huh. a little bit more like yearning her tension mm. <laughs> <laughs> okay okay i feel that i feel that i didn't get the nice pride and prejudice like stare you know it was just like a quick like they had sex immediately. Like, okay. <laughs> Welcome to the real world. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they just got together immediately, and I was like, "Dang, yeah, that's lesbianism right there." Where's the romance? I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that's another thing too. Is uh, that was exactly what Jen was saying. Jen was telling me like it's not they didn't really build the relationship as much. Like it's more about her and the mom. But I yeah, think it I, is. I liked that a lot. I yeah, that was that. It does was, help you realize <laughs> that it's more about her and the mom. I was just like, yeah. dang. Because, I mean, like, they were cute. They just only had, like, like two scenes that were, like, legitimately cute. And every other time Mm -hmm. was, like, there was some type of conflict Mm -hmm. with them and their relationship. And so I was Mm -hmm. like, dang, that sucks. (laughs) Like, I want to see more (laughs) of them being happy. (laughs) Okay, that's valid. That's valid. Yeah. Yeah, well, this is as someone who likes rom-coms. This would be super high. Like, I would probably give it, like, like, a nine nice <laughs> yeah yes yeah i love one. this movie it's perfect <laughs> this is like one of my soul movies like it's in my heart yeah, it's super cute this one so good i like i feel like anything alice Wu makes that i'm just gonna like it because i think she mm-hmm. always puts it like an interesting spin on things because i feel like, I feel like she's not one for like super happy endings or like yes. like you were saying like the the manufactured ending she always kind of yes. gives you like a something to digest at the end like especially with like the half of it because I remember I think you were saying you didn't necessarily like the ending because her and the girl didn't actually like, get together and I was like I kind of liked that because it left it open to like okay well she knows I did the thing that I've been meaning to do she's doing the thing that she's been meaning to do and like their characters kind of wrapped up individually instead of like together. 
I don't know. I have a lot what of a issues with that movie, movie low-key. I, I don't love know. that movie. <laughs> that I did not like as much. There was just so much issues. I still can't believe that they, that the girl cheated and whatnot. Just, oh, there's just so much. And it's a longer movie, too. This one is a cute 90 minutes. Yeah, this The other one was, minutes. like, two hours and some change. And I was like, and you still didn't, like, explain all that <laughs> shit? And so I was like, you know what? <laughs> I got some issues with that other movie. But this movie is amazing. <laughs> this is, like, the best. Yeah. So good. Okay, recommendations. Ooh, okay. Um, I have two. First, I will recommend The Meddler. Um, that one has Susan Sarandon and what's her name? Rose Byrne? Rose Byrne. B-U-I-R-N-E. I don't know how to actually pronounce that name. I have no idea. Um, but that one, I would recommend purely on the idea of, like, the mother-daughter relationship. Um, it's, it really is about, like, a mother, uh, that has, like, lost her husband, um, and pretty much randomly shows up at her mother's, or at her daughter's door. And, yeah, the, you know, shenanigans ensue. It's cute and heartfelt, um. And the acting's really good, and it's definitely, like, a smaller indie film, so, you know, I'd give it a watch. I, I think it's really funny. Um, you know, again, shenanigans ensue. I don't know how better to say that than <laughs> that phrase, because it's probably the perfect way to sum up that movie. <laughs> it's cute, and I like it. Um, and it's cool, because it's, like, I feel like, and maybe this is another reason I like this movie a lot, too, is that I feel like of the movies that are like romance movies or movies that are like coined as romance um they rarely actually show like relationships or go deeply into the relationships of like mother and daughter so it was interesting especially because a lot of times in films and i think we've kind of talked about this but like a lot of times when it comes to movies especially um like movies where there needs to be some sort of like I don't know emotional turmoil that the main character has to go through in order to like get to the next part of the movie the mother ends up being the one that dies mm-hmm. <laughs> for like the protagonist like progression in the story like it's, it's a very common plot device so it's like mm-hmm. not common that you see movies that actually have like a mother-daughter relationship because often they're struggling or dealing with the fact that they didn't have one or like the lack of resolving in one and it's weird a little bit but yeah I do think that it's interesting to watch movies that have like a mother-daughter dynamic at least because you really don't get that often (laughs) (laughs) um so yeah I would recommend The Meddler and then the other one I would recommend is actually a Bollywood movie and I I've watched it. I did not watch it in English. I watched it with subtitles. Um, and I don't know what the English name is for the movie. Um, I only know the name. It's on Netflix. You can find it. It's called nice. Eklarki Kodakato Aizalaga. And my pronunciation is probably way off because I don't remember them actually saying it like in the movie because it's like a song that they sing. Mm-hmm. And at some point the song is played I think like at the very end and I 
it's been a while since I've watched it, so I don't remember how they said it. Um, but this one is a, it's also directed by a woman. Should mention that. Oh, hell yeah. So is The Meddler. Um, but this one is, it's basically, it's basically about a, a girl and a guy that meet. The guy falls in love with her and the whole time she's actually in love with someone else um the someone else being a woman and the main guy like finds out that she's gay and like is in love with this other girl which they met like on a he met her on a train and it was the same train that she was coming back from after seeing the girlfriend Aww. um and so he like doesn't know any of this he's in love with her yada yada and really the main like plot of the movie is <laughs> he's like really rich and like can produce things and stuff and so he's trying to produce like a play in the village and he decides to make the play um like a gay romance so that her and her girlfriend can be the leads and be gay without anybody having to like <gasps> be mean to them that's so cute <laughs> it's so cute and the shenanigans ensue adorably <laughs> <laughs> it's a great wonderful movie that's um, cute. yeah i would definitely recommend that one um it's on netflix and yeah i gotta wonderful. watch that um the only movie i would recommend is also on netflix they just put it on there um it came out in 2012. It's called Mosquita y Marie. So it's the title is in Spanish. So instead of and, you have to put a Y. Um, but it was directed by a woman, Aurora Guerrero. Um, and it's a fantastic movie. I don't even think it's 90 minutes. I think it's like an hour 15. It's quite short. Very indie. Very much looks like it was recorded on a handheld video device. But this is a perfect example of what I mean when I say I really don't care about anything else except the story. Because mm -hmm. it maybe looks very low budget. But the story is incredible. It's these two young girls, maybe barely high school, um, living in, like, Southern California, both Mexican, both, like, first generation, um, having sort of, like, a relationship. And it's never explicit. It's very, very much just subtext, but it's such a, like, a tender um an unconventional story about these two girls just and it's it's kind of i would recommend it um if you like saving face just because it's not too much about the t two girls it's also very much about the girls relationship um with their family as well and like the the mothers and just like growing up and those sorts of pressures and stuff but they kind of find like um a home in each other and they find they have like little That's places so for each other yeah it's really really we good and yeah one of the girls is like it's that dynamic where like one is very like kind and the other is kind of more rough but they kind of they meet in the middle you know and they have this um connection and I thought it was such an incredible movie and I had never seen anything like it um and so I would definitely recommend it it's not very long and it was amazing it was a life changer for me because you don't really yeah like you don't really see a lot of brown people first of all in movies um that are gay and then for it to be like sort of a coming of age story was incredible mm. as well I don't know if I've recommended this one already, but it, they just put it on Netflix, so if people are interested, awesome. <laughs> Perfect. So, yeah, people should watch it if you have not watched it, because now you it's accessible. I had to go on yeah. a weird site to watch it before, but now you can just pop on Netflix and see it. Um, so, yeah. That's it. 
All right. Well, I don't think we have anything else to talk about. This one is is a little bit longer because we actually have time to talk about it. Yeah, this is like our <laughs> like normal we haven't had a podcast. Where we've actually had time to talk about the movie that we watched. Yeah, <laughs> we actually had time to record it. Um, but yeah, it was. This was a fun one. Um, coming back strong in 2022, y'all. Um, <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much for listening to us and. You know, we said earlier, like, you can definitely DM us on Instagram or on TikTok. You can DM us there if you like. Um, But, yeah, if you ever have any questions or just have anything that you'd like us to talk about, um, we'd love to, you know, reach out, please. Follow us on all of our stuff. And, uh, yeah, thanks. (laughs) Thanks for listening. It's, It's really nice having, like, other people to talk to movies about. Bye. Bye. (laughs) Hehehehe. <laughs>